Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Robert B. Money Brooks which I think everybody's playing a game now to see if I will say what you write down on Patreon. And the answer is yes, I will. Uh, Christopher Kling, Shelby Logsdon, Todd Burkhalter, Luis Pena, Joe Margiello, all of our Patreon supporters. And of course, where would we be without you? Yes, I'm talking to you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Christina, I got some good news for you. Okay. Uh, the reason why you're on this podcast, well, among among many reasons, um, <laughs> Your sister, Lindsay, like yeah. blew up my inbox and said, you've got to talk to my sister, Christina. You are her hero, if she hasn't oh. told you that. Um, and you're the, you're the one, you're the pusher that got yeah. her into ultra running. It's true. <laughs> That's really nice things. When your sister, when your siblings say to you, like, hey, yeah. I like my siblings so much, I want you to talk to them. That's a pretty good sign. Yes. <laughs> I, I love her so much and we've had a rough year. So it's in running has really, I think she, this is the first time she's realizing what I've been saying for years, how, how running really is so much more than running. Right. It like takes over your life. People don't, people just don't yeah. understand that it takes over your life. You know? And I have a really funny story and I share this about her all the time, but she's eight, eight years younger than me. So I've always been older and always in a different stage of life mm-hmm. than she has yeah. been. So it's always, you know, I've got all the ideas and I've got all the wisdom and, and I don't really, I'm just learning as I go myself. Right. But um, I don't know how maybe 14, 15 years ago, it was a long while ago. My sister also has lost a lot of weight. 80 some pounds just changing her diet and exercise and she's done it the right way but um i was going on a hike with on some local trails and she asked me why don't you ever invite me to these things (laughs) and you know she's 100 pounds overweight she hates going outside you know so why would i ask her to go so i did and she hated every single minute of it. She never said it, but she hated every single minute. Every single minute. I mean, her face is bright red. She brought M&M's trail mix as like her snack. We laugh about this now. But 
and because she thought that was healthy, you know, she'll tell you, like, it's, you know, so many things have changed in that amount of time, you know, it's that's really amazing. Crazy. You know, yeah. Why don't you ever invite me to these things? Well, I didn't think you wanted to do that. And then yeah. you proved it to be right when she shows up and she's miserable and she's got, you know, some trail mix, which is really just M&Ms with obstacles, if we're being honest. Um, (laughs) You always know when you have kids in the house, if the kids are home, because when you reach for the bag of trail mix, it's just peanuts and raisins. That's how you know the kids are home. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you obviously, at that point, she was not into it. She wanted to kind of see what what sister Christine is doing in her spare time, this, this, this experience. Yeah, and she, and she wanted to hang out, you know, she wanted to be with me and she yeah. wanted to do something, you know, that we could do together, but it wasn't her thing. I mean, <laughs> exercise was not her thing. <laughs> Definitely trail hiking was not her thing. <laughs> what, what changed? What made it her thing? Um, so I live in Michigan mm-hmm. and at the time I had moved from Tennessee back to Michigan. So I went Michigan, Tennessee, back to Michigan. Yeah. I'm still in Michigan. Yeah. She moved to Georgia a few years ago. And, um, honestly, the, she found a group of girls. This it's called FIA. It's females in action. Yeah. And they're not all runners, but a lot of them are, but basically they get together moms you know, girls yeah. and they have a, they have a, a men's thing too, but she just found this group of females who were just empowering each other. Mm-hmm. And I had been telling her that for years, like you need to find a friend right. that will do this with you. You know, it changes everything. And she found that. And then all of a sudden it just started clicking, you know, that losing weight and exercise didn't have to be about, um, calories and starving yourself and you know it could be fun and you actually did this because you wanted to and you know things like that and so everything changed um she just did her very first marathon in nashville yeah um, this last weekend yeah Yeah. and um so that was great and we've been training together for well virtually sort of but um for this her first 50 miler is going to be at grayson highlands this you know i think it's 11 11 days from now yeah that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I think it speaks to a bigger truth of the trail community, Christina. And there yeah. are people that find the sport for the solitude. And, and that's what they're craving. They're craving those alone moments yeah. in the woods, those alone times with your thoughts. Your, for sure. It's just you versus the trail. And then mm-hmm. that, that speaks to a lot of people. Yeah. But there are a big group of people, and it sounds like your sister Lindsay's one of them, where... The community is what mm-hmm. is what sucked her in. And once she yeah. experienced all of these incredible women that had stories similar to her, that had lives similar to her, that had, you know, pick up the kids from school and busy right. lives exactly. and and they could and they could, you know, bond together and kind of share their love of trail running together. Like she was one of those runners that needed the community to uh-huh. really blossom. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> How did you get in the game because we, we, we know you're a pusher we know at some point you, you know Lindsay probably called you and said listen you were right all those years ago with the with the trail mix i didn't yeah. know what i was in for but yeah. you were right all those years ago i love this thing but yeah. what what got you into the world of ultra running christina well, I've, I've always been into fitness of some sort i have an exercise science degree um you know, but I really wasn't trail running or ultra running um, 
until 2015 yeah. ish. Yeah. Um, and then I took, I was taking it, started taking it seriously. I, I did like alone time on the trail. I've never listened to music. I don't even own earbuds or would know how to put music on a right. thing. I just don't even, I don't even think about it. Right. I, I really enjoy alone time, but I also enjoy being with my friends. So, <laughs> like, so I, I need a good mix. Yeah. Um, but when I started embracing longer runs, mm-hmm. that's when I thought I, I really started to find myself. And, you know, I, I have six children. I was married 20 years yeah. <laughs> and, you know, went through a divorce. If I had not had running, I don't know that it would have come out so positive. You know what I mean? Like, I just needed to get out somewhere with my own thoughts. <laughs> so let's unpack that for a minute. Cause I think so many people go through what you're describing right here. You mm-hmm. were, you were running, you were an avid runner and here you yeah. are, your mom of six um, yeah. as a dad of three, I am just sitting there going, how do you do it? I don't even think you have to train to run ultras. If you got six kids, all you got to do is just be a mom. Right. Right? <laughs> like what's right. your training? Like, well, I chase six kids around. That's all the ultra training you need. So you're running, you're experiencing the community, you're getting those alone time or whatever. And then life kind of falls apart because, right. you know, this person that said, Hey, but we're, we're in it till the end of time. Sometimes we find out that those relationships don't work. They have a shelf life on them. Yep. How, 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 how was that? I mean, dealing with that and being the mom of six, I mean, that, that requires a partnership to, to handle six. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It, it was a lot. And I think I just threw myself into, you know, where everybody was saying, how do you have time, you know, to run? Or I would get a lot, you know, I was being selfish with my time, but mm-hmm. I was getting up at 4 a.m. You know, I was running at 4 a.m. I was doing all these things, you know, so that I could still be a mom too. But I was learning that I was a better mom if I took time for myself, even if I was sacrificing sleep. I just started to realize I didn't require as much sleep as some other people did. Right. Do you know what's funny, Christina? No one ever accuses men, dads, of taking too much time away from the family. No one ever is like, hey, Ryan. Listen, we talk about that a lot. <laughs> right, but it's it's so it's so interesting how society yeah. puts this pressure on women like listen, listen Christina, you're a mom, that's it. You get yep. you have your entire life yeah. is dedicated to these kids from the moment you wake up to the moment you put them to bed, you don't get alone yeah. time. You get alone time when the last one's 18 and they're off to college. Yeah. Men, and the truth is that when you lead by example, mm-hmm. Your kids, even my boys, so I have four boys and most of my children are grown. My, the only one that I have home at now, he's getting ready to be nine. So, yeah. and I have four grandbabies too. But, oh, wow. <laughs> but the more they see you, because I even think my boys, my boys, it impacted in a way, not only did they know fitness was important, but now they can support their significant other. And that's so important to me <laughs> for them to do. So I just, I think... If we can support other women and say, this isn't selfish of you to do this, right. you know, you know, maybe don't try to do it at two in the afternoon when <laughs> right. life is falling apart. You know, it doesn't right. mean go out at four in the morning either, but find your time. And it doesn't have to be every day. Yeah. You know, I like to go out every day, but I can now versus when I had all of them, you know, small. But you don't have to commit to every single day. Commit to a small amount of time at first. Well, just giving yourself that time. Like everybody yeah. needs that mm-hmm. time and and whether it's reading a book 
whether right. it's yoga, whether it's, you know, running. Yeah. It's like you can't expect people to not just take some time to themselves yeah. to focus. And I've, I've talked about this hundreds of times on this podcast yeah. about how we feel so guilty about it. We're always so guilty about the time that we want to spend working on ourselves and giving ourselves that that exercise because and, and non-runners don't get it. They don't yeah. understand. That's why they yeah. fall asleep when we try to tell them about our long run over the weekend because they don't they don't right. get it. But no. it, it provides something to us not only physically, but spiritually as well. This there's okay. something something magical about going places on your own power. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And to have I am that. definitely I am definitely one of those memes that will run 30 miles, but does not want to drive there. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I'm like, oh my gosh, 30 miles to drive. No, but well, give me a four mile loop <laughs> to run for 30 miles. <laughs> let's be honest. The 30 mile run is more fun because generally you'll be surrounded by great people. And mm -hmm. there's a food. smorgasbord of junk food every four to yeah. five miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? you, can't, yeah. you can't, you can like, if you were to road trip the way we ultra, you'd be yeah. stopping every 30 miles to get gas and to buy junk in the, in, the, in the gas station. But, it's true. But isn't it funny that the same food applies for road trips and ultras? It's the ultras. same food groups. I know. <laughs> so, 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 Christina, you're taking this time to yourself. You're, you're running. And this, this gives you a chance to be to be a better mom, to focus on, you know, being that person that needs to be there for the kids. And you're right. They see that. Yeah. That uh, kids, I, I don't, I mean, as, as parents, I still implored Christina why they let us take those kids home from the hospital after a day and a half. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. This is not a joke either. My oldest daughter, when I had my youngest son, so they're exactly 20 years apart, yeah, my oldest yeah. daughter yeah. and my youngest son. And I was reading the book, uh, like what to expect when you're expecting. Everybody yeah. was, because I was 40 when I had him. Right, so everybody right. was giving me all these books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it had been a good stretch between the kids. And and my oldest daughter said, why are you reading these? Don't you have it figured out by now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually know that I don't now. But when I was 20, I thought I did. Now I know I don't. <laughs> right, right. I remember someone gave me the book. When my wife was expecting our oldest, she's she just she's twenty one now. Yeah, and it was it was what to expect when she's expecting, oh. and I I read it and all of that stuff. And man, as soon as she went into contractions, all of that knowledge went out the window, and I, I didn't know anything. I was just like, I, I even forgot how to get to the hospital. And this was before every phone had you'd been a phone in your pocket that had GPS, yeah. you know. And you're right, the older you get, and 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 tell me tell me this, I've often sat and thought about my my father skills like mm -hmm. the, the how good am i as, as a dad and you know i was i became a dad early i was 23 yeah. no 24 when my oldest was born yeah and so i look back and i realized that because i wasn't running then i i didn't pick up running until my kids mm -hmm. were elementary school aged okay. you know i yeah. i was 20 years of my life that i'm like ah, i'm i'm immortal I got the right. same body that I had in high school. And then one right. day you look down and you go, wait a minute, that wasn't there in high school. Um, yeah. 
but I always, I always think like, had I had them later, yeah, I would be a better dad. Yeah. Like I've talked to my son about this. Like I've apologized to my son saying like, listen, I know that when you were a kid, I was a little, I was quite a bit more impatient than I am now. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't the the dad I probably should have been, you know, five times out of 10. I was there five times out of 10, but there was five times when I was like, eh, I, I could do a heck of a lot better. Did you feel as a mom that you were a better mom to your youngest because age yeah. had had shown you the the the, the, the realities yeah, of the world as opposed yeah. to your oldest? Yeah, for sure. It's harder. Like I'm more tired and, you know, <laughs> you know, right. all of those things, but definitely I didn't know what I was doing in my twenties, you know, and, like, and I had kids right on top of each other, just like, you know, you yeah. just young and, um, but I don't know if that happens, whether you're, you know, I have a lot more life experience yeah, now, yeah. but, um, I'm definitely more patient. He hardly ever sees me yell when I yeah. think I yelled all the time <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> right, you know? right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a different mom for sure. <laughs> now, I have three and I still do this thing. When one is in trouble, do you run through all their names? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I also say, because I have four boys, so it's only two girls, so four boys, two girls. And I also say the boys or the girls. Right, right. And, and sometimes my boys will say to me, we have names. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's, it's like, listen, mom's a little tired. I just did a long run. So please cut me some slack. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, been a long day. Um, yeah. So you, yeah. you, you use running. Running helps you to get through this divorce. You get blindsided by this divorce. And now all of a sudden you are on your own raising yeah. six kids. Mm-hmm. Um Tell us, tell me about using running to, to kind of get through that. Um, yeah. So when I actually dabbled in triathlon before I started like full, full on going all in running. Um, the, the bike so, didn't sticker shock you. You didn't look at it at the bike and go, oh my God, it's that much for one of those things. <laughs> well, yeah, it did. <laughs> and I started realizing that, you know, I did a couple Ironmans and I really enjoy triathlon. Mm-hmm. But once I started realizing how much money I was spending and time in three sports, you know, to get this whole like yeah. endorphins and high from going long, I could do it all with just one sport. <laughs> Right, right. You know, there's no, and, and there's no need to a swim. A lot less money. Yeah, I could spend a lot less money too, <laughs> and I could do it whenever I wanted. Like there was just, a, it was more convenient. That's really kind of how I decided. Like I'm retiring from. That's why I tell everybody now. I've, I'm retired from triathlon, <laughs> 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 and so I just started picking up, you know, ultra, and it just kind of happened. Honestly, I, you know, I, I just didn't know enough that. 50k was 30 miles you know i just didn't right, know right. i just knew i wanted to go for five hours i knew i wanted to be out there a long time i wanted to spend the day on the trails you know i just wanted to know those things and it's so you know then then you of course you meet people you know that kind of are like this is what i'm doing you should come too and i'm like okay like <laughs> and so it, it just put me in such a better spot to handle the really really hard stuff i think mm-hmm. you know um anything that because I mean, I went through some really bad times that now I can look back and be like, that was really tough, but you just do it. You know, you're in survival mode. So you just kind of 
keep pushing forward, which is just like ultra. You just keep pushing forward, right? Do you think that that's something that you've always had, that ability to continue to push and push and push, and that's what makes you a good ultra runner? Or do you think it's something that ultra running taught you about yourself that you uh, maybe no, I, had? I think I, I think I always had it, yeah. um, but I didn't know. You know, you get to a point where you're kind of afraid to go to the next step, so you stop. And Ultra taught me that you can go even when you're afraid and you're not going to die. <laughs> Might hurt a little, but you're not going to die. <laughs> Do you remember the first time in a race or maybe even a long run where you had a big goal? It was a farther distance than you had planned before. You know, something that, you know, yeah. Christina 10 years ago would have thought, you're insane. There's, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Do you remember a moment of pushing through something that, made you go like oh my god i am i am way more powerful than i thought yeah yeah I, i've had several of those but just actually last year i i i've done a couple hundreds and you know when you do a hundred you think that's it right i mean you just think you can't wrap your head around any more than that well i decided to go 150 on pavement in full sun you know across it was point to point in michigan and I, I, they don't call it a DNF because it technically you just tap out. Right. You just didn't. So, so I tapped out at one thirty three, and but that's what if I could go back, that's what happened to me. I just couldn't comprehend even at one thirty three, going to one fifty. Wow. I just, yeah. So here you are, one hundred and thirty three miles. I know. You got 17 miles to go, which when, I know. Like, when you look at the back half of what you did, you're like 17 miles is, is nothing. But when you've been awake for three days or two days, <laughs> it, was two, it was my second night. So <laughs> it's so funny because you're not alone. And there's so many people that in that moment, they mm -hmm. think, oh, this is the right choice. 17 yeah. miles is too far. I can't make it. Yeah. And the second you get back to the hotel or wherever you're staying or you get home or yeah. whatever, and you're like, that was the dumbest decision I've ever made in my life. Dumbest. Yeah. Why did I, I underestimate myself? I know. But I just couldn't, you know, it was the fear of the unknown. Like, you, mm -hmm. I just didn't know if I was doing, like, real damage to myself, you know, all, and I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was fine. Right, you know? right. I just needed to sleep, and that's what I should have done. I had plenty of time on the clock, you know. And I just didn't. I just wanted to tap out. I mean, everybody was there telling me, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing the lesson that failure teaches us sometimes. I think we're so yeah. worried. We're so often yeah. worried about failure. Now, for men, we don't want to fail because we don't want our ultra sign-up score to be affected. We don't want people to pull up our score and go, oh, that guy's a joke. He's only got a 57. And we don't want the people at work that we've been talking to for weeks yeah. about this to go, you know, how was that, that run you did? No, oh, I, didn't, I didn't quite make it. So there's that fear of, of failure, the ego in, in dealing with that. But, but you make a great point about Failure taught you a lesson that day. You don't yeah. care. First of all, Christina does not care about her ultra sign up score. So don't even bother looking. She don't care. She doesn't do this. She doesn't do this for the ultra sign up score. I do look at other people's ultra sign. Do you? <laughs> yes. Which, by the way, can we talk about that for a second? That is the biggest load of horse manure. I don't know what know. their formula is. I don't either. Because there are times when you sign up for a race 
and they always present like this is how it should shake out based yeah. on ultra sign-up scores right yeah and you're like third place are they smoking crack like <laughs> <laughs> What? I've got a ba- I've got a backyard ultra that I'm doing in May 20th and I, I'm ranked third and I'm like and so that's why I, that's why I've been looking at other people's and I'm like what there's one guy that has 127 ultras 127 wow and you score higher than him yes there's a guy who's ran 127 ultras looking at that that backyard ultra page and going like Christina Bray <laughs> <laughs> I always say it looks good on paper. Like if somebody clicked on mine and was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, it just looks good on paper. Like, I promise. Like, they would make so much money if they would sell shirts that say <laughs> number three on ultra sign up. It's true though. It's true. You know, it's funny because I always think to myself, like no one's looking at that. Like no one cares. Like, yeah. like why is that? Why am I putting pressure on myself? I know. Um, because I just think it's kind of comical and you kind of learn. I feel like you do learn a little bit about mm. some people that you you know are going to toe the line with, especially like in a backyard. Like you're going to spend a lot of time with people, you know. So, I oh, just absolutely. Like, I yeah, just kind of like knowing. <laughs> it's like you kind of want to go around to the start line, and then when you get in the corral of this backyard, which I did my first one a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. what a hoot that is! I've said yeah. it on this podcast before. I'll say it again. If yeah. if Laz is known for nothing else, if yeah. every one of his races fades into oblivion no one remembers barkley anymore that's not going to happen right nobody remembers anything else that he's done his contribution of backyard ultras is i mean that's enough of a legacy for anybody i mean that's a beautiful beautiful concept of a race Uh, 4.1666667 miles every hour on the hour and it's just the camaraderie yeah and I've just seen people who didn't think they could go that distance or any, you know, ultra distance do it in a backyard. Like you can just do it, you know, because you're only thinking about the four miles. Mm-hmm. You're only thinking about the four miles. Yeah, it's painful. But then you just think about four more miles, you know, it's and so then you get these distances that you never thought you could do. It's true. And I know that there's more competitive ones. There's ones where yeah, people are sure. like, I'm going for five days, you oh know, gosh. and everyone else. Get, but there's Insane. also and there's, but there's also plenty of room and there's no there's no uh, judgment between the groups for, yeah. hey, there are people that are out here to challenge themselves. And that challenge yeah. may be 33 miles. That challenge yeah. may be 50 miles. Yeah. And there's people that will challenge themselves to 200 miles, but there's yeah. just all of these people and you're forced to spend time with them because the leaders yeah. are not 20 miles ahead of you. They are in the no. corral right next to you each exactly. and every yeah. time. Yeah. So it is and such a beautiful have, concept. You don't have to run fast. That's no. the great thing. You don't. No. Actually, you don't want to run fast. <laughs> it's so hard not to. Like every, every bone in my body was like, you need to run this. This is 4.1 miles. No. Run it. No. And yeah. I'm like, okay, by the last one, by my last loop, I'm like, how much can I walk and get away with? You know, <laughs> and, and, and you see the smart people, right? Like you well, think then, like, oh, what are those people back there? No. And then they're, they're still running 10 hours later. And there you I are know. passed out in your chair. I know. I know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. It, really, it is an absolute <laughs> fun. But just know which, which race are you ranked third at? Um, perfect PR. Okay. Perfect PR. If you're going to perfect PR. Christina is going to smoke you. Just, just be prepared. <laughs> Still time to sign up. <laughs> Christina's ready for you. She's been training. Ultra sign up is very fond of her and her skills. And just know that Christina is going to smoke you. Just prepare yourself. Um, last year, uh, I last year I only went to do three because I was 
a week out from that 150 mile race. And so I just was doing my last kind of run. So I only did three loops and yeah. I knew I was tapping out. And yeah. But Laz actually showed up last year. Oh, at this perfect PR. seriously, he was there. So you can't tap out. Did you tap out at three with Laz there watching? Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying to distract him to. I over there on anymore <laughs> hey hey there's cigarettes over there and then you go I know. Yeah, no. I know. It, it, but it was a good race yeah. it was a good race they had a good time so last year was the first year for it mm-hmm. so this will be just the second year for this one the one i did was the second year race it's grind down the grid it's indiana's um, okay uh, backyard ultra okay. that's available by the way if you're listening to this that is open for registration for next year it's in april um okay. it's on this beautiful century farm in the yeah. middle of, of corn country indiana and yeah. it is well i'll be back i'm going back next year it's going to be a hoot but they are they are yeah. really i think it's something that everyone's homework assignment for 2023 should be you have to do a backyard ultra yeah so i agree <laughs> all of that to say failure taught you some lessons yeah <laughs> you, you regretted the second yeah. that but you know what if you had to do it over again yeah. if you would have finished that 150 miles would you be the person you are today when it comes to to just toughness and tenacity and just determination? Right. Yeah, I don't think so. Because spoiler I mean, alert, everybody. Oh, go ahead, Christina. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say spoiler alert, everybody. Christina, like, let's not. We've been talking a lot about toughness and just and how hard it is to work in running with, you know, six kids and, and a divorce. That's yeah. just that's just the tip of the iceberg for what you've been dealing with recently. Yeah. Like you, how long was it? Was it a year ago that you lost your mom to cancer? No, just a few months ago, February. Oh my God. Yeah. So my mom was diagnosed last year. So in t- 2022, she was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. She went had a, with lung cancer, stage four. We knew it was going to be terminal. You know, it was just a matter of, keeping her comfortable and, you know, giving her a good quality of life, basically, you know, however long she had. And so in February, she got an infection and she passed away really suddenly. And, but during, during all of that, um, in October of 22, I found out that I have cancer. So it was my mom and myself were dealing with different things, but going through, um, you know, treatment at the same time, which was really hard on my sister, Lindsay, by the way. Oh, I can imagine because I know, I know for me, you know, my, my dad recently had a health scare mm-hmm. and all I could think of was, cause I, you know, you kind of look at your parents as like, there's this line, there's this mm-hmm. line of people getting to yeah. the afterlife. Your grandparents yeah. and great grandparents are ahead of you. Yeah. And, and, and your parents are the ones that are, that are ahead of you in the line. I mean, it doesn't yeah. always work that way. I mean, let's not be naive. Right. I mean, people yeah. pass all the time, but in my mind, I was thinking that. Yeah. And, and, you know, when my, my mom, you know, told me too late because she doesn't ever wants me to worry. So she tells right. me like, you know, like, why yeah. couldn't you have told me this today? Well, I didn't want you to worry, sweetheart. Right. I know. But all yeah. I could think of was, I'm not ready yeah. for this. Like you, dad, mm-hmm. are still this rock. You are still this foundation. You are the patriarch of this family. Right. And even though I'm not living under your roof anymore, you're still my dad. You're still you're still the keeper of the wisdom. You're still yeah. the Exactly. Yeah, you've yeah. got all this knowledge and 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 yeah. I can only imagine for you 
hearing about your mom and it sounds like when they when they told you the diagnosis they didn't sugarcoat it yeah it wasn't sugarcoated her dad so my grandpa had died real suddenly from cancer too but you know 20 some years ago yeah. but we so we kind of knew in our head that you know we didn't really talk about it but we knew this isn't good you know right. that those kind of things and um and you know i went through the summer last year knowing my mom was diagnosed she was getting some some treatment but she was also not willing to get certain treatments so mm -hmm. that was kind of hard yeah too but she i can respect what you want to do as far as treatment goes and yeah. i still had not been diagnosed but i knew some things were going on with me that i just was kind of ignoring and pushing yeah. aside and so um summertime i did um what I do oh Bar Barkley Fall Classic in yeah. September yeah and I knew that would probably be my last really hard run then I was going to go to the doctor that's what I kept telling myself yeah I'm yeah. gonna go to the doctor I'm gonna get this checked out yeah and it'll probably be nothing right. that's what I just kept telling myself we always you know? tell ourselves that yeah it's gonna, yeah. Be, it's gonna be nothing it's nothing yeah <laughs> and so but in October so then you know that's in September so in October I finally go to the doctor and as soon as I started talking, as soon as I like got my biopsies, I mean, it just happened really, really fast. They knew this was serious. Everything kind of, you know, happened really fast. And what I thought then would be like a consult, I'm going to have a surgery and go back on with my life. Right, right. Yeah. I, I was not going to tell anybody. Same thing. I didn't want anybody to worry. I didn't want to tell my mom and I certainly didn't want to tell my sister. So I was like, I'm just going to ignore this. I'm just going to do my thing whatever mm -hmm. get on with life well i have my first oncologist appointment and they say oh you've got this super rare i have skin cancer is what i have yeah but it's so super rare that you're not i'm not eligible for surgery i'm only eligible for chemotherapy <laughs> and basically good luck if you don't do it and so i was just a mess i mean a mess. Oh Who, my God. Who's ever heard of chemotherapy for skin cancer? Like, right. What? Like, every time you hear about skin cancer, it's just somebody goes in and they get something yeah. removed and then they sew it up and then you're yeah. fine. And, and, and I, I know that when you go to like a relay for life type of event, yeah. like the skin cancer people aren't like, aren't looked at like in the cancer hierarchy, like lung right. cancer or whatever, because it's, it just seems like it's something that's so common. So, yes. Your mom has lung cancer. We all know that that's that's yeah. that's tough. Terrible. That is that is a brutal uh, yeah. form of, of of cancer that can really take away the life of a person. Yeah. And you find out you're like, I got skin cancer. This right. is this is good. You know what? Just take it out, sew exactly. it up. You know, make sure the stitches are nice and tight because I'm still going to run, and I don't right. want my pack to open up the stitches. Right. But to have what was that moment? When that doctor says to you, by the way, you don't just have regular skin cancer. You have this super rare skin cancer that I read about in a book once in med school and completely yes. forgot about. You can't get it removed via surgery. It's chemo or nothing. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, I was a mess <laughs> and I just couldn't I just couldn't wrap my head around it and it just made no sense to me. And, you know, I'm not anti-chemo, but right. it wasn't what I wa I thought. I really thought I was walking into, we're going to schedule your surgery next week. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, and so to, for them to then tell me, here's your option, chemo. And it was the only option. 
he told me, they told me that um, I could find a general surgeon if I wanted to, but I probably wouldn't find one that would take me. And, and I still can't, honestly, I, I've not had anything removed. I'm still, I'm on my last round of chemo right now, actually. And then I'm gonna start radiation and I'm, I have to have four surgeries and I am going to have my first surgery um, next week. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm super excited about it, but scared at the same time because I'm not going to change my running. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did you have to tell your doctor that like, hey, hold on, just, just so you know, I like running and there's no stopping. Like it's not, you can say like, you're really, you know, Christine, you really shouldn't run. You're on yeah. chemo. It's I, not going to stop. I do have to say I have, you know, a great doctor. My sister has been a great support to me. My family has been a great support. Um, my, I have friends that, you know, don't think I'm insane that, you know, have really kind of, I mean, I've gotten, I've had a few people too tell me, you know, I should embrace this downtime and give my body grace mm-hmm. and all of that. I appreciate those comments, yeah. but, um, it's, it, that didn't work for me. I tried it for about a, a four weeks. It didn't work. I went stir crazy, probably four weeks of going crazy, losing your mind. Yeah. And so I've, and so now I just say, you know, I listen to my doctors. I'm not deliberately going against what they say, but I also feel like those plans and schedules are for other people, not me. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you're right. Like you don't know, like, listen, I ran the Barkley fall classic. I don't know if anyone else here has done that or not, but I run the Barkley fall classic. Calm down. Three I know times, what I'm doing. Three, right, three times. Let me show you my three t-shirts from the Barkley fall classic. So you know that I'm, I'm serious and I'll be okay with, with all of this. Yeah. So I can imagine, you know, you've run through divorce. You've run through, you know, the, the news of mom doesn't have much time. You've got to come to grips with the terms, with, with, with the reality that mom's not like mom's finish line of life is fast approaching. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I'm sure that was probably your outlet that kept you sane during all of that stuff that kept you the great mom that you are uh, to six. Those four weeks after that diagnosis where you took it easy. Yeah. What were those? Your, was it stir craziness? What What was it? Um, yeah, a lot of stir crazy. So I'll back up just a little. So I found out around Halloween time mm-hmm, yeah. and I knew that it was going to take about a month yeah. to get like insurance, doctors all situated, yeah. like everything. Um, and so during that time I decided to do one last hurrah basically. So yeah. we packed up and went to Tennessee and that's where I saw you guys at Tennessee mile. That's oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you were there and my son, the idiot, decided yeah. to race Harvey Lewis because, well, who not, what does Harvey Lewis know? And I told him, right. I said, hey, son, Harvey Lewis is one of the best ultra runners in the world. And he goes, well, he hasn't ran against me yet. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> you God, 18-year-old. Your son did so good, though. He, I mean, he went, young people don't have any fear going down the downhills. No, they don't. Here I am, and you were probably doing the same thing, just tippy-toeing, tippy-toeing, tippy-toeing yeah. down those hills. And he's just flying down the thing. Um, I will say, and I've said this before, um, Harvey Lewis is one of the nicest human beings on planet Earth. Yeah. And he has been so positive and encouraging to my son. Um, Even though I told Harvey, I'm like, Harvey, listen, he was like, oh, he's never raced against me. (laughs) (laughs) He's been so so positive and encouraging. So, yeah, you were there at the Tennessee Mile. And that's not, I mean, Barkley Fall Classic is not easy. 
That's wow. that's a brutal race. But the but the Tennessee Mile, I mean, that is it's one point one miles. And it's like four hundred feet of gain. Yeah, you just keep crazy. doing this loop over and over and over again, and it's so dang steep. Like, yeah. when when did you ever run up something that steep no. and have to do it? And you can't coming from Michigan. I mean, and I've been in Tennessee, but coming from Michigan, we don't have anything like that. No, here. right, right, so. right. You've got a couple of kettles and moraines here, but that's about it, you know. With the yeah. but not to have yeah. the the hills that they have uh, on Becca and John's place. Um, no. So this last hurrah that you're doing. How how was that? How, how how did the Tennessee Mile go for you? Um, good. I you know chased Jill and Aaron the whole two days mm-hmm. basically, but again I I think I ended up with so I was second behind Jill. Um, I think I ended up with eighty miles or something. Cancer. Yeah. And you took second place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's. But it was my last. It was my last. What I thought was going to be my last for a really long time. Yeah. Like I really thought that I'm because I started um, chemo um, December 21st. So the week of Christmas. So yeah. I knew, you know, and I forget the date of Tennessee mile, but it was the beginning of December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I knew, you know, my life was getting ready to change. I wasn't going to be hanging out with friends. I wasn't going to, you know, I didn't really know. I just knew what the doctors told me, yeah. you know, don't go around germs and, you know, stay at home. Basically. Which, which, which for you had to be horrible because here you are, this person who loves the running community, loves getting out into the woods, into nature and hanging out with your running buddies. Also like I hey, sit yeah. at home and put a mask on. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we did it for about a month. We, uh, you know, canceled our gym membership and, you know, just started running in the neighborhood and it, it you know, I, I was still running, but I was running short, you know, like four, I think yeah. a couple of times I did maybe eight or 10 miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I can't say it was the best, you know, there were times that I would feel really, really sick and I would throw up and I would just rally and keep on going. Right, the old puke and rally. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know, but we do that in ultra too, you know? You yeah. Just, so I didn't really think that much of it, but then about a month went by and I was like, you know, this is, this is stupid. Like, I'm just going to start training and maybe I won't follow a training plan per se, but I had already signed up for Grayson Highlands. Cause I think I signed up last year. Well, you have to, it's one of those races where right, if you don't sign up nine years so in advance, you ain't getting it. That was the only race that I really had on the schedule for 2023. And so I thought I'll just start training for that. I'll keep my base high and yeah. You know, it really, there were, there were weeks that the long runs were just so exhausting. I was doing them, but they were so exhausting. And, um, you know, so I kind of, I would tell myself like, I, I have no business training for this 50, but then right. I would have a good week and, you know. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, at some point in your training, you, you, there's a first run after chemo. Yeah. And, and I have heard from everything I've heard, I, I lost a, a dear friend to colon cancer a couple of years ago and just, he was going through chemo and radiation and just the energy that zaps from you. Yeah. Like it is not, it, you do not feel good afterwards. You feel horrible. But so I, the chemo that I'm doing is a daily. Chemo. Okay. Um, and so you, I did it um, every day for three weeks and then I took a week off. Okay. Now, and um, so I guess it's dispersed in your body a little bit different than than that, right. but it builds up over time. So I'm feeling a lot of that now. Like I'm just so tired and like my, I'm tired all the time, basically. Yeah. 
I can imagine. But I'm able, but I'm able to still run, which is crazy. <laughs> what has changed about your running since you started chemo? Um, I walk more. <laughs> it's power hiking. No, Christina, we don't walk. We don't walk in ultras. You power hike. You become an expert in power hiking. Yeah, I mean, and I I enjoy it. My um, my heart rate is a lot higher. That's mm-hmm. disturbing to me. Sometimes it gets really aggravating. Mm-hmm. Um, because the only reason it's aggravating to me is had I not been a runner, I don't know that I would know that the right. things that it's doing to me. Like if I didn't have all the data, right? You know, would I know that what this is doing to my body, right? You know, would I just think I'm being feeling sick or having a headache or? you know, right. those kind of thing. Because, you know, you are in tune with your body and you've got the watch that has that tells you exactly what your heart rate right. is all the time. I mean, nobody right. knows their heart rate and their body better than than runners. So I can I can only imagine that remembering the runner you were before cancer and the things you could do, you know, right. go out to Tennessee mile and do eighty miles out there, you yeah. know, and all of a sudden now that is completely changed because you are at a level of exhaustion that you've not experienced before before right. a run like usually we're exhausted right. after the run here you yeah. are it's before the run and you're exhausted yeah yeah so i'm just learning to do different things to help me <laughs> each day and what? i just take it one day at a time yeah. honestly what are those things that you're doing that help you get through this um, I'm trying to eat really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a huge believer in food. You know, food is your medicine. Yeah. And, and it's hard because it is hard to eat certain things. There's a lot of things that I ate before that just don't digest well. So yeah. I'm having to, I'm, um, I'm drinking juice a lot, like juicing a lot more. I'm not actually juicing. I buy it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's really helped me a lot because I can get a lot of nutrients, um, you know, through the juices, like green juices and mm-hmm. red juices. Um, and there's really, there's a lot of healing properties in that too. But I just um, sleep and then I sleep, you know, like when they say like sleep when the baby sleeps, Right. <laughs> I just sleep when I need to sleep. And luckily I'm in a position where I can do that right now. So <laughs> yeah, I would think too, that so much of running ultras is fueling, you know, yeah. you know, works for you in races. Yeah. You know, but now yeah. the way your system has changed and, and the way the chemo is affecting your system, yeah. you probably have to completely change the way you fuel on runs. Yeah. Yeah, I have. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm drink because dr- I can get a lot more calories in with drinks for some reason. Yeah. It just it's better. And so like Insure, I'm drinking a ton of Insure, which sounds like insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too young for this. <laughs> I don't know. Like my friends, I'm like, I just drank three insures during this run. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It works. It's right, right, right. Whatever works for you, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean it doesn't taste good. <laughs> it's all just to get calories in my system. <laughs> By any stretch of anyone's imagination, Christina, you could call it quits. You could say yeah. On this podcast, I'm done. I am not running anymore until this cancer is taken care of. And nobody yeah. would think anything less of you. Your running friends wouldn't be like, oh, Christina gave up because she has cancer. Like they wouldn't say that. They would be like, you know what? Everyone yeah. listening to this podcast now is saying, yes, if Christina Bray wants to take some time off, 
Yes, you are perfectly okay to do that. Yeah. Why do you keep going? Oh, so many reasons. I now, especially with my mom's passing, like I, it hit me a lot more. One of the last conversations I had with her was she wished she was as strong as me. That's the, that's exactly what she said to me. And I don't always feel strong. Right. So I mean, and I feel like we really have to, I am my legs work. Like sometimes my legs are doing the work. My stomach doesn't feel good. Right. So you have to run. I feel like I need to run for the people who can't, who really literally cannot run. Wow. Imagine your mom, the woman who raised you, the one that taught you about life and the one that yeah. you've that you put on a pedestal yeah. saying to you i wish i was as strong as you yeah wow <laughs> one of the last things she says to you yeah is that she she had said it a couple times but she said it the day before she passed away and well the day before she said it, it was one of her last conversations that yeah. she was able ever able to have and um I mean, it was a great conversation, but I didn't see it like that. So now I just see it like that so much more that I just have to keep going while my legs still work. <laughs> yeah. Is it become a mantra in a way for you in those times of darkness when you don't feel like running and the chemo's draining you and you're like, you have every excuse, every reasonable excuse and no one would fault you. Do you hear that voice of your mom saying, I wish I was as strong as you? Does that motivate you? For sure. For sure. And, and I've, I've done so many hard things, you know, over the whole course of my life. So why wouldn't I keep doing hard things? Like, why wouldn't I keep doing something that's hard? Yeah. I, lo I love what you said minutes ago, too, about your legs work. Mm -hmm. Run for those who can't. Because how yeah. many people would love to run but for can't? Sure. You still can. Now, it's a completely different style of running for you now. It's a lot more power hiking. I will say, by the way, you are still number three in that race. <laughs> You're number three on ultra sign up. So, you know, watch out people. But that's, yeah, that's, that's incredible just to, to, to keep going. Um, yeah. What do you get out of the sport of ultra running that you don't think you could like get anywhere else? What keeps bringing you back for more? Oh, um, I feel like I get to be myself. Like it's the only place that I really get to be myself and I'm not like trying to impress anybody or have a conversation that I don't want to have or, um, you know, pretend to like something. <laughs> it kind of ties back to what we talked about earlier about the pressure yeah. on moms. It doesn't exist on dads. Right. Oh, dad wants to go run a marathon. That's awesome. Mom, yeah. are you sure you want to take time away from the kids? Right. Like you can be in an area of whether you're running alone or with your friends, you're in, I, I'm sorry, Planet Fitness. I know this is your slogan, but you really are in a judgment-free zone at that point. Yeah, 100%. And all the pressure of being this and being that and worried about this is, is gone. Yeah. It's really yeah. not something you can find anywhere else. I, I've, I've yet to find another place where you can get this. No, I know. Think about other people right now, Christina, that are listening to this podcast that, you know, maybe are going through some things, maybe are not. What are some lessons in perseverance and toughness 
that you have learned through these ordeals? Um, to keep moving forward. If you keep moving forward, you're going to get farther than you think you can. hundred percent, hundred percent. You're going to keep, you know, you're going to cross the finish line. Um, you're going to climb the mountain. It's not going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. <laughs> Nothing's as bad as you think it's going to be. Nothing. <laughs> Our minds can get, can get in the way of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Always. Where are you now in this cancer journey, Christina? Is there, have they told you like a, hey, in this amount of time, we're going to ch- check things out again and we'll be able to clear you or whatever? Where are you on this journey? Um, so right now I'm on my last round and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing, um, so I'm doing an oral chemo every other day right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do that for the next six weeks. So, and so, like I said, I'm going to have my first surgery, um, and it's going to be on my forehead. So next Wednesday and that Saturday, I'm going to run Grace and Highlands. Hopefully <laughs> I'll be there. So, <laughs> so hopefully you're going to have cancer surgery. I know. You all get get a buffer. So you have to have like a buffer, a headband or, or, or something. Yeah. But you're going to have cancer surgery and then attempt 50 miles later that yeah. week. Yeah. Four days. Wow. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you, listen, you're going to be in a beautiful place of the country with your sister and yeah. a community that loves and supports you. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think it's doable. It. I know that it sounds crazy, but I think it's doable. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was doable. So, but after that, so I have to have three more surgeries Mm -hmm. and, um, they're not, I can't get a surgeon yet to do them. So I'm going to stay on the chemo these six weeks. And hopefully after the six weeks, I might be to that spot. Um, they have talked about radiation after the six weeks. So I'm physically, I don't really want to stay on chemo much longer than that. Right in a long time and i know that it's causing some harm to my body too so yeah i you know six months ago i didn't really i knew i wouldn't find a surgeon right away i i i I didn't try to find one i believed them when they said that i wouldn't find one now i'm trying i think i might be able to find one but i'm also not sure what the biggest tumor i have is on my hip yeah and i'm just not sure i want a lot of digging around in my hip. Well, yeah, because I mean, it, it keeps you going. I mean, it's it would it could possibly interfere with with what yeah. you love to do. Oh, I I need to put some thought into that. So, but that's where we are. Oof, man, Christina, <laughs> <laughs> you know we live we live in an era of social media where we are being convinced all the time that generally uh, people that yell all the time about screaming about how tough they are. Are the yeah. real tough guys and gals in the world? If you're screaming on social media, that must mean you're tough. Yeah. But there is there is a toughness. There's a quiet toughness in you. Oh, I appreciate it. That is, I mean, you're you're well, your mom's right. I mean, I, I wish I was I was as tough as you. Um, there's a quiet toughness in you that is that is really it's it's admirable. I, I wish I had it. If you figure out a way to bottle it up. I will purchase it. So just give me a decent price on on, <laughs> on this beautiful, quiet toughness. But Christina, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna speaking for everybody that listens to the Adventure Jogger. Sorry, guys, I'm gonna speak for everybody right now listening. Um, for those of us 
uh, of uh, that have that have, a, that have a strong spiritual life. I hope everybody prays for you. Um, you. For those of us that may not, I hope that people think of you. Think of you Saturday, and when maybe your long run, whoever's listening right now, sucks, and you're like, "Oh God, this is horrible. This is the worst run ever." Um, think of Christina climbing up mountains after having to deal with all that yeah and use christina as a mantra if christina can do this if christina can can conquer the world and just keep moving forward well then what's to stop any of us from achieving our goals and dreams you can do it christina thank you for this this funny uh beautiful touching open inspiring conversation um this this was this has been a gift thank you so much for for sharing with me thanks for having me